0: This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by
1: RetroGameTreasure.com It is one of the best monthly subscription services you'll find out there. It starts as low as $29.99 and sends anywhere from 3 to 5 retro video games from your console of choice. From the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Sega Master System, Sega Genesis, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and the Game Gear,
0: as well as... Breaking news, now shipping, Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, and PlayStation 1. And here at the Happy Hour, we love retro games, but what we love even more than retro games is saving saving money. money. So go ahead and put in the coupon code at checkout, Happy Hour Get $2 off your total purchase. Go see them, and don't forget to tell them at the Happy Happy Hour with with Johnny and Deuce Deuce sent you. you.
1: Hello, Internets. My name is Johnny Womack. Of course, i got my partner in crime, Deuce. What's going on, brother? Hey, man. This is the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with the Deuce salute. Yes, sir, it does. Ah, Nice and crisp. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. And, of course, we are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And, of course, we have the amazing... Edward Varnell, aka Eddie V, from the Optional Opinion podcast, and he's also part of Larry Giver and Adrian Nieto on the World One One podcast. So, uh, welcome to Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hey,
2: you guys! This is exciting. Yes,
1: Uh, you know it's funny. You know we know when you talk that we're 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 talking to someone that has a podcast because your mic sounds amazing like you're sitting here like we've had guests all before you know and they have to use their uh camera from their
0: uh or the mic that's on the laptop and it's like hey everyone what's going on yeah but yours is like you (laughs) like you want to supersize that
1: yeah but with your you know your microphone sounds awesome so it's the highest quality i think we've done interview oh definitely it sounds awesome so thank you very much i'm
2: actually uh going to go to amazon and order another mic um i I just need a more professional mic also
0: well talk to to johnny about that johnny's our in-house guru when it comes to all yeah do you have any opinions yeah because uh johnny does all of our ordering when it comes to our mics and stuff and i've got to say it, it's funny we we had a live gig just this past weekend and everybody was like wow you guys look so professional and even the people that they're musicians and they were coming on stage to talk to us before they did their show they're like man these are really good mics like these are better mics than we have and i'm like <laughs> well you know look at johnny johnny's the one who found them so yeah so exactly.
1: we have so many games we're playing but my latest obsession is Miitomo like I've been playing Miitomo like when it first the day it got launched on a Thursday I remember yes. waiting to download it and I'm like oh my gosh I gotta play Miitomo I gotta check it out I gotta download it because it's available on iTunes uh, and it, or the App Store and it's available on Google Play Store I'm like okay check it out took me a hot minute to download because it was you know there's a lot of people downloading it so the it was only like a 30 megabyte download so it wasn't that big of a file but I remember yes. you could import your I imp- actually imported my uh, me character from my Nintendo account so I didn't have to take a picture. How did you get
2: your me character on there? I actually redid my me character. Just from the scratch? Uh, yeah. So I did my straight fresh. Uh, it looks just like my uh, Wii U Mii. Uh, and I just went ahead and just redid it and added and changed some things and stuff to it. So um, that's how I did mine for my character. It's an
1: easy integration, too, because, like, they... Yeah, you and I both talked uh, a few weeks ago how you could pre-register. You know, get your Nintendo account active and make yes. sure you know you get that because Nintendo. For those that didn't know, Nintendo's the Club Nintendo is gone and now it's the My Nintendo, and there I think that's what's called, right? My Nintendo. Yeah, My Nintendo. Yes. Yeah. So like, any action you could do. You know, if you buy a game, for example, you get gold points or whatever. But like, even in even in Miitomo for playing Miitomo, you have like these little checklist objectives, and you can get yes. that and go onto the My Nintendo account. And for having your objectives done, you can get uh, platinum points or coins or whatever, and that will add up, and you can actually get prizes and stuff later, kind of like what the original Club Nintendo was. But I feel like they're they're especially since Nintendo now has entered the mobile world, I feel like it's they're going to be integrating that with all their mobile games.
2: Yes. Um, and with the My Nintendo, um, if you buy games digitally, so um, they did apologize that you cannot do physical copies. But if you buy games digitally to your uh, My Nintendo account, um, you will get points and coins uh, for that and to be able to spend on the uh, service. Well, I for, think. Like, rewards.
1: Yeah, I think one of the main reason they didn't do it for the physical discs is because they might be hinting to us that NX might not might be digital only. Who knows? I mean that's that's a you know discussion for another time but like I feel like maybe they're hinting to us that like hey that this costs a lot of money for Nintendo to have to print out these uh Club Nintendo cards cuz this is additional paper additional ink additional resources to have to put in back of each you know each of the cases and so maybe they're just kind of like hey uh maybe if we just we're going to be going digital only in the next which uh, all three of us kind of have a love hate relationship with that because dude saluted to in the last episode we did together you know, how we're part of the generation that still likes to collect, you know, physical yes. media. You know, you see this world's changing into the whole digital world where, you know, su- you know Hulu and Spotify, and like everything's like subscription-based and like everyone's going on their monthly subscription and whatnot, and now it's like, you know, hey, we still like the digital, st- like the physical stuff. I like to have a collection. I like to show people my collection, you know? Right. And so like with the NX, we don't know if they're going to go, you know, straight up digital, which would, you know, I don't know how that would, you know, translate... But that's kind of what you are saying earlier with the NX or with the uh, My Nintendo. It's anything digital that you buy, you get, you'll get you get your gold points for that. And then you can redeem them for digital games, obviously, uh, or, or posters or whatever they have and whatnot. So uh, yes. they're trying to just reward you everything you do. And, uh, and I feel like this was a big deal for me, Tomo, to be put into the mobile market because now it's like Nintendo has always had this, as we said before, high, high quality, right? They've always like stood behind their games. They've always had, like, that gold seal of approval, literally, on every yes. card. Because that was, like, Nintendo's quality assurance, saying, hey, when you get this game sent to you, you're gonna, ha- you're gonna have a game game that works, a game that's fun to play, and, and that's been tested. Because you, you look at all these crazy games in the last couple of years, you know, like, oh, Assassin's Lord. Creed and all this with the face, and, like, a lot of games being shit broken, and, and you look at Nintendo, Nintendo, I mean, their games work. You know, y- you have a good time when you play their Nintendo games, and they work. So it's you know it's a different animal altogether when you're when you're looking at you know other other games or
0: whatever looking at you street fighter looking at you <laughs> yeah i mean street <laughs> fighter is
1: another topic you know like we we briefly mentioned but like you get nintendo you know you're going to get high quality you're going to get you know people are really going to be putting their blood sweat and tears into that product and you're really going to get it on day 1 and it's going to be an awesome experience i mean you know bayonetta worked perfect out the gate i mean you, you look at smash brothers Sure, in the beginning the online was a little hiccupy, but for the most part it was really good, you know, and like e- even the three D S version of Smash Brothers was actually really solid. So like, you know, they they done a really great job throughout the years. And I, I feel like Nintendo is like, hey, we we know entertainment. We're an entertainment company. This is what we right. do. We know And how that's
2: th- and that's what uh Kimishira said about Nintendo is mm-hmm. that he wants to get back to it being an entertainment company.
1: Yeah, I mean they they, they made toys and they made cards and they made I mean they the whole Game and Watch thing, and I think I think other people have said this before, but like Game and Watch didn't sell very well in the beginning, and now it's kind of come back as like a nostalgic thing. Like, all oh, right, look at the Game and Watch. You know, they created the the um, Game and Watch character for Smash, and like they're embracing their past now, and that's kind of neat. And Which I,
2: wish f- I think they might actually do a Game and Watch app.
1: I that would go be cool i would be down for that you know like that would be and that's another thing too how many people have cell phones nowadays everyone has a phone like eight, eight seven eight year olds have a phone now you know like it's crazy to me to think like kids young kids have phones now so you gotta look at that as well nintendo they're exposing their ip to millions and millions of people i.e I billions of people if you think about it and especially nintendo was smart they were like hey we gotta hit Android and we have to hit iOS. We can't just we can't just pick one or the other because between that you're getting your install base to millions and billions of people, and that's a great thing to kind of get that Nintendo IP. And if they can use that in conjunction with NX, that might help sell NX consoles or NX games or however they're going to do it. So we we won't know until E3 what's going to happen with that. But I just have this sneaking suspicion that their Nintendo's mobile presence is going to somehow relate to the NX system and whatever uh, facet of the system it is.
2: Well, I think Nintendo's mobile strategy is going to really work and it's going to really show all these other companies to be like, this is how you produce a free to, a free to start game. Like, um, you give it to them for free and then you present stuff that they, they could gamify if they want to or if they don't want to, they can have the option to buy to have more. Um if you look at Me Tomo, because uh, 'cause I've been having fun with Me Tomo ever since it came out. I always I always check it when I get the chance. When there's a new comment or anything coming on, a new photo, I go in and I and I uh I check in the stuff. Um I love the thing that really got me was the outfits. Of me, absolutely, change, yeah, changing my character to different outfits and getting coins for it. Um, because I used to work in the clothing retail, so and I did that for nine whole years. So I used to dress men, uh, who didn't have no kind of fashion sense, (laughs) I used to dress them head to toe. So I used to learn how to match clothes and stuff that fit them. And when that option was available in Mitoma, and I'm looking at clothes and I'm looking at this clothing, I was just like. Oh, I want this shirt. I want this. Oh, I don't got enough money. <laughs> I, I might have to spend a ninety-nine cent. Like I might have to give Nintendo money because I want these clothes. Sure. And it is so easy. And it's so fun as an app that anyone could get into it and have fun. Um, a lot of people have been taking pic- like real-life pictures and then putting it onto their meet, Tomo, and then putting their meet on it. And people have been responding and really liking it, um, putting crazy captions and stuff. Like they really made it fun and very social for everybody wants to, uh, everybody to do. So I think, you know, in the future they'll probably be doing more updates to it um right now they got like the ninja game for is for their uh nintendo drop or their game drop and i was i literally was spending tickets on trying to get some ninja star or something yeah like people were spending like money and tickets to get like a cat that's a cat outfit that you know the cat is on your shoulder or something in your back like people were spending the time um i love reading everybody's uh Answers to different questions that's asked, and people are coming over and talking. And you know, when you put "lol," you'll hear a crowd in the back and they're laughing. And they'll be like "lol," and then you just like you know, like the sound effects and stuff. Like they really thought about this so well, and they they kind of made it fun if that anyone could get into, you know, very accessible. And and if the Nintendo keeps going this route, I think they're going to have a very successful uh mobile strategy now i will say this this does not take away from their handheld strategy their handheld strategy their handheld uh systems are strong enough i think they're just now making it easier to get more money uh by another stream of revenue for nintendo yeah
1: and i I agree i think mitomo is great i think it's easy to play even my wife who you know, she plays games, but she hasn't played uh, a lot of Nintendo games, and she's just, like, having a great time, and, and, and just, it's fun just to interact with people, and you start you actually kind of learn more about your friends, you know, like, hey, they, they'll they right. ask you kind of, like, personal questions, like, what are you afraid of, and, like, you know, who's your soulmate, or just stuff like that, and it's really interesting how Nintendo, uh, you know, awards these questions, and sometimes you're like, all right, Mitomo. You asked me to say it, You you asked me who's my crush. I'm like, dude, I'm married. You need to learn these things. So obviously <laughs> they have they have like these things that you need to work on. But like for the most part, I actually really like the quality of the app. the app, the app is really easy to use and easy, c- uh, clean, simple interface. And it's also socially connected. So you got your Instagrams yes. and you've got all that. You've got your Twitter and your Facebook. And so it's easy to share. And you know, you, once you take a photo, it gives you the option to share your your new uh outfit with your friends and like it's it's super easy and then i also like the the me photo app of the day like that they'll randomly generate a f- photo of your me character in a situation right and it's usually hilarious most of the time exactly and i and uh, oh go ahead and I usually will use those and save them as responses. Now I've being like I don't just type out text responses anymore. I'll do photo responses like okay <laughs> or no," or like there was this one that I got where I looked like I was like frayed and scared, and someone had like posted a thing about spiders and one of their uh, answers to what, what yeah are. and so instead of me responding i just responded to a picture of myself cower you know cowering in fear like it was it's just really interactive and fun and and like sure it's not the most complex app i mean they're going to improve upon it, iterate upon it but i think it's a great introduction you know in getting that social connectivity i mean i think that's very important uh for an app to be socially connected
2: the one thing the one bad thing I do have to say about me tomo that gets me is that they put a RPG system in it into it. Like when you change clothes, what's the pe- point like, though, I guess? Because you get different styles, you get more options open up available to you, like in the shop and stuff, and you get more like corners. Is that and what stuff. it does? I didn't realize yeah. what the leveling system like, did. Yeah. You like you get different titles. And the reason why I say that I'm mad and upset about that is because I like the grind and role playing games and that's a hook. On it for me, and That's I'm just true. like, uh, I need to get on because I want to go up another level. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah,
1: I know, I love it. It does. It, there is like a sense of uh, progression, like you feel rewarded when when you go, oh, you've just uh up le- level 12, 13 or whatever you're like, and then Nintendo is gonna give you something for it. So it's kind of a nice little. Uh, little reward system there, but I, I like the the me Tomo drop, or whatever it's called, the game in there, is yeah. addictive, because it, a lot of it's luck. It, for those at home, it, it's very similar to Plinko, you know, the Price is Right game, where you drop yeah. something, and it falls down, and sometimes you can get really, really, like, analytical, like, alright, so if I, this character is going to swing back and forth, and then you have, a l- like, a, a ladder, or, or a, a platform that's moving, and you're like, I've got to time it just right, and you'll miss it the first time, and then sometimes you're you, you can actually strategize and get you know, get the correct bounce, and that happened to me. I was able to get all my ninja outfits within like five tickets. I was like, sweet. So, <laughs> but it's a fun little challenging thing. I hope they add more to it. I hope they you know improve upon it and add other types of games and just different right. things like that. And they're you know, I, I think it's a great introductory. App for Nintendo. I think people it's done really well from what I've seen numbers wise. Like I mean, it's it's one of the top downloads, you know, for uh, right. the for iTunes and for Google Play, and it's a free. You because know, think about the introduction. I mean, if you're free, then there's no there's no barrier to entry, right? So like people, anyone can go in and check it out, and if they don't like it, delete it. But like I feel like once people get in there, they kind of see the charm and the love and the attention to detail, like you said earlier, that Nintendo puts into the quality of their products, and it's just fun to play and and you're learning new things about your friends, and you get to be quirky, and there's, like, that... And the the photo... I mean, I did a Dragon Ball Z one just for fun, and I got pretty good response for that. I loved that one. I was laughing. It's hilarious. Like, you know, I had one of my friends jump up in the air, and I was jumping up in the air, and I said, next time on Dragon Ball Z, and and I had a Dragon Ball Z art background, and it was hilarious, and I shared it on uh, Instagram, and it it got a few chuckles out of it. It's just... It's silly, you know, and that's what I really like about Nintendo. They have... They're charming, but they also got a quirkiness to them, you know, like they and hopefully they'll they'll iterate and and hopefully their next quote unquote game app, you know, I hope it does really well. You know, I think at the end of the day, all three of us want Nintendo to be successful because they were the top dog forever, you know.
2: And the last thing I have to say about it, once again, that we music is just so relaxing. It's it is, just so oh, the music absolutely. in me is just so good.
1: It is very super soothing and, you know, kinda of gets you in that calm sense of mood or whatever and it's it's a lot of fun. Do you have any questions about the Meetomo app, Deuce? I think
0: it's funny that they ask you all these like personal questions. I almost think we should rapid fire some of these questions between the three of us <laughs> just to see like w- what the questions are because I didn't know that I asked you all. This well, they personal ask you shit. like
1: they'll ask you like what what is your perfect I- what is your perfect idea for a date and they'll ask you like what did you do last weekend? Some, some generic ones. And then I'll ask you like, who's your soulmate or who do you have a crush on? Or like just different stuff like that. And once it gets kind of personal and you're like, Oh, and the other one, they get super sophisticated, philosophical. What do you define as beauty? uh, And attractiveness or beauty and something else. I forget what it was. Uh, and I'm like, wow, that's a deep question and
0: to know. You like it's 9 a.m. <laughs> in the morning, and you're dropping this deep bomb on me like that. Like, uh, I d- do you get a certain amount of time to answer the question? Can you like if you don't want to answer the question, you then? Can you, get, you oh, can okay. you skip it too. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: but there, there's no time limit on the questions or anything.
0: So, like, if you're like, hey, I want to wait on that for an hour, like you could come back to the question in an hour and answer it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have a,
1: you have an unanswered section on your um on your profile. Where you can
0: just hit and then you'll go back to the question later. Sounds a little too deep for me Nintendo. Like get the get the hell up out of my business.
1: Uh well, it's funny too cuz like you 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 can ask you can get if you tap your own self, your own self, which is weird. Your physical your your digital representation of yourself will ask questions about you. But if you go to your friends, it'll tell you what your friends, there you go. There's me. See, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Uh, or who's? <laughs> I'm in Edwards' uh, yeah. uh, uh, room. There or whatever nice. we're talking. But you can get questions about like your your friends' answers, too. So it's kind of neat to kind of be like a fly on the wall learning about what your friends are doing and how they're experiencing things. And, like, for example, I put on there, like, what's popular right now? I said, it's popular to hate on Batman versus Superman. And then I had, like, yeah. 30 people respond to that. And I'm like, who are these people? Uh, it was really interesting. You kind of get, like, a little message board thing going, you know, with all these questions and likes. And, and it feels different, too. It doesn't feel like a Facebook. It doesn't feel like... It, I think mm-hmm. Nintendo did a good job of separating themselves with Tomo. It feels like its own separate social thing, which I like. Uh, so, so yeah. this I
2: have to ask you: What okay. kind of kid were you in elementary school?
0: Um, <laughs> I was a- in elementary school. I was an athletic kid, but I, I, and, and I'm gonna get wax philosophical for a second. I was a lot like Captain America because I didn't like bullies. Like. If somebody was getting picked on, even if I wasn't friends with him, I would stick up for him, which got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> because it was like, if somebody was getting in a fight, I'm like, I'm knocking the big dude out. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm just not letting the big dude pick on the little kid. Um, so, yeah, as, as you, know, uh, you know, as an elementary school student, I had a... a t- I don't know why. I think it was probably too many Superman comics as a kid, probably. <laughs> but I had way too high a moral moral fiber, and that stuck with me through adulthood, which is interesting. Yeah, let's rattle some of these off. These are kind of interesting.
2: Okay, um, what would you like to get for your next birthday? Dim titties. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you saving up money for right now?
0: I don't have anything I'm really saving money up for. Like, I've got the money for my Xbox One because I really want that. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing really I'm saving money up for.
2: What's a hobby of yours that you don't like to tell people about?
0: Ooh. Um, <laughs> I love this. Is like a Yeah, <laughs> I like this. This is kind of on the spot. Um, I, I can't really say. There's not, like, a hobby of mine that people don't know. Like, I'm a big beer fan, so, like, I love craft beers and I love trying them and I like going to new places, but I don't think I don't think I have any hobby that's really like super weird that I wouldn't tell anybody about.
2: What current event has grabbed your interest?
0: The presidential election. That's been really interesting just to like see, because it's funny, like Facebook, Facebook is the craziest thing ever because I tell everybody like Facebook's fake. I'm like. You know this Facebook, right? Like, none of these people really matter in the long scheme of things. Like, I've got 5,000 friends. I probably know, like, 20 of them. Um, But, like, seeing what people say about the election, especially in an open space like that where you know other people can read it, I'm like, damn, bro. Like, you're really putting some shit out there. You know what I mean? Like, you're really just airing it out.
2: Um, one of my cousins was actually in Chicago because I'm an opera from Chicago. Right. Was at where Trump had was going to have a rally, rally and yeah. all that craziness. It was he was there? Oh, and wow. And then I have another friend who uh, who was who was for Trump. He was in Wisconsin and was interviewed by CNN. Nice. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So, uh, uh, what's something funny that happened to you recently?
0: Um That's a tough one. Like I can't think of anything recently that, you know, really was crazy or, or super funny.
1: I'll tell you the one the one I answered yeah, for that yeah. question ahead, was Johnny. the one I answered for that question was I s I ended up I don't I don't drink soda that often, but like I had a can of Pepsi at work and I spilled it all over myself at work. And so, like, I had to, like, all over my papers. Like, I had to, like, go through and do new prints of papers. I had to dry myself off. Like, I had – and the floor was sticky. Like, it was awful. Like, and and I had to explain to my coworkers, yeah, I just dumped a whole can of Pepsi all over myself. So, Uh when customers would come in or whatever, I'd have – oh, man, it was embarrassing. It was bad.
0: Actually, I think I can answer that one now that that I thought about it for a second. So, in my office, it's mostly women. There's only two guys that work in my office. So, like – We're the only ones that had the bathroom. Well, I'm on this new diet, so I'm eating a lot of roughage. So, long story short, there's a lot more bowel movements, if you will. (laughs) Uh, We keep the plunger in the women's room, and I needed the plunger. So, I had to walk through the whole office, get the plunger, walk through the whole office with everybody, plunge it, and then clean it and take it back. So, like, everybody knew that I just, like, destroyed that bathroom. Like, it was bad. So, like, you know, when you got to do the walk of shame with a plunger through the whole office full of women, that's that's not exactly a good time. It was funny for them. They thought it was hysterical, but I'm like, oh, man.
2: Uh, what country would you like to go on a vacation to next?
0: Ireland. I've never been to Ireland. I'm Irish, uh, but I have a very bad fear of flying. And the flight, if I remember correctly, from here to Ireland's like, 9 or 10. It's a long-ass flight. Like, it's not, like, a hop, skip, and a jump. Like, it's a hot minute. But I would love to be able to do that at some point.
2: I know. I, I would love to go Australia and Hawaii. I would love to go. Yeah,
0: I'd love to do Hawaii, and I'd love to do Australia, too. But my dad, actually, my dad and my mom, they, they want a trip to Australia, and my dad was like, this was bullshit. Cause I guess it was like a 23, 24 hour flight. And uh, because my parents don't listen to podcasts, I can throw them under the bus. Uh, It's one of those double decker planes with the bar on the top. And like my mom said that by the end of the flight, my dad was like on first name basis with a bartender. Like he knew exactly (laughs) like what drink he had. He's like, She's like, as soon as we got to flying level, your dad went to the bar, and I think he was there pretty much until they told us we need to get back in our seats. (laughs) Because, like, he was up there the whole time because they had, like, TVs up there, and he was watching, like, I don't know, Fox News and, like, sports and stuff. So he was just chilling out, drinking with the bartender and stuff. But I've always wanted to do that trip, and I could probably do it in that scenario where there's a bar that I can go up to and hang out and forget that I'm in an airplane, but. I I I'm bad on airplanes.
2: Oh, wow. Okay, so two last ones. If you won the lottery, what would you buy first?
0: You know, this is going to sound really terrible. I would probably save most of it. I'd put most of it in savings, and I, I probably wouldn't do anything really extravagant. The only thing I might do is like a trip, like go somewhere I've never been just because I'm like, look, I've got the money. I can do that. The only other thing I could see me doing is getting really crazy with retro games because there's like three or four retro systems I don't have. And if it's like, oh, you just won $100 million or something stupid, like, all right, well, let me go ahead and go on eBay and buy these systems I've always wanted because money's not an option. So, because me and Johnny have been in this little collector's kick lately with we the have. systems. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Yeah, I, I like I, um, the uh, uh, um, reveals. I think you guys got a new one up on YouTube, on
0: your page. Uh, oh, you mean from Retro Game Treasures? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just
1: started doing... Uh, uh, Sega Dreamcast, PlayStation 1. And, <gasps> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sega CD. Sega CD, yes. Yeah. And, we're, that, and stay tuned because we have two unboxing videos that are coming out as well uh, for the uh, for the subscription. so, yeah, it's, so it's you always definitely want to check
0: that out. And if you go to Retro Game tre- Treasures... Excuse me. If you go to Retro Game Treasure, make sure you put in the code Happy Hour at checkout, and you actually get $2 off your order. So exactly. you want to check that out. Sure. Um, which, give me the one last question, then I've got one for you, Edward.
2: Okay. What do you do that makes you feel the happiest?
0: Dragon.
1: <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, I didn't even think about that. So, Edward, I got a question for you, and this is going into the Retro Game Treasure and talking about retro games. Uh, yes. I, I, I'm i kind of on this little cuspid, if you will. There's two systems that are, like, I'm going to get one next when it comes to retro systems. Uh, one is the Sega Dreamcast. One is the Sega Saturn. If you had a choice, which one of those two would you get? The Sega Saturn and the Sega Dreamcast?
2: Dreamcast.
0: That is what everybody else said, too. What about you, Johnny? I didn't get you to weigh in on that.
1: I personally want a Dreamcast over a uh, Sega Saturn. Yeah. Um, I think the Sega Saturn had an, an interesting lineup of games, especially if you're a fighting game, fi- fighting fan game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fighting, you know, if you like fighting games, they have some really amazing arcade ports. Uh, but there's just not. The, yeah, I guess you could say the same thing for Sega Dreamcasters. Both systems don't have a huge library, but but
0: they do. And I, I will say this just because I did my research the other day: there's six hundred and something games on the Sega. Uh, it's like 680-something on the Sega Dreamcast, and Sega Saturn had 500 and something. Yeah, like that's but that's including imports. That's so. including imports. But no. even if you weed out the imports, that's a pretty big library. Because even, let's but, say, if you cut it down to 300 okay, for Sega let me Saturn and 400 for Sega Saturn.
1: Let me restate that. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of good games. Cause that, that's, fair enough. Because the thing is, there's a, sure, you have a bunch of just junk out there, but like I feel like there's probably... I think Super Nintendo is the only console that you could say more than half the games on the system were, were legit, ma- were yeah. l- amazing. But like right. most of the time, you you know you have good. I would say you could say a good thirty to forty games for a lifecycle f- uh, uh, that are like go tos for a console. Like yeah. you could say, are right, these are the top thirty games for this system? And usually you feel pretty good about that list. But when it comes to Se- Sega uh, Sega Saturn, the one thing that it has a bonus for is a Sega Saturn is you can buy an action replay card that you can put in your sega saturn that will allow you to play imports automatically really you don't have to do yeah. any sort of soldering or nothing like that so like That's cool. if you want to play imports and think about it you don't really need uh to learn japanese to play like shmups or or fighting games yeah Those like are, if it's just, a beat em up or yeah, something just go and you do play yeah. so a lot of the uh fighting games uh the s games are really popular the sega Saturn. sega right. saturn so
0: but now let me ask you this question i put the action replay in my sega saturn I'm playing an imported game. Is it still in Japanese or does it's, it?
1: No, it's still in Japanese. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it won't, it won't. But like, I'm wondering it.
0: because now we're so far in the future if they haven't updated the card or whatever card to put in that maybe it translates them to English. No, you'd, no, have, you'd uh, have to
1: have a fan translation that you would find on the internet. To, and then put it on the Yeah, but I don't even know if they have that available because yeah. that's something that, you know... Sega, so obscure, No one's writing yeah. games for Sega Saturn anymore. Yeah. And that's another thing that's a problem too is that a lot of the Sega Saturn code has been lost. Like, they, they have a hard time replicating some of that because they would have companies... You look at, for example, you look at games that get remasters and stuff like that. A lot of the companies companies would pre- preserve that code, and it's easy, but some games, they're lost to the, you know, you yeah, can't... they're in the ether. They're in the it's ether, like, yeah. like, you'll never, you know, the original Codemaster died, that's it, you'll never see that game, ha- you know. No. people get. The only way you can do it is to build it from the ground up, which
2: takes a lot of time and effort. But if... Because Oh, because of Panzer Dragoon, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, um, go ahead. Um, Panzer Dragoon is for the Sega Saturn is one of the most expensive games that people will people want. Like, they would charge you close to $5,000 yep. to $10,000 for that game. Wow. Because Sega lost the code for yep. Panzer Dragoon. Exactly. And the only way that you could play if you own that original copy or the PC. Yep. So if you was going to get it for the Sega Saturn, you're going to have to up some money but like definitely if it's still and it's still in the case.
0: Well, I guess here's my next question because I'm a computer illiterate. I'm super computer dummy. I'll be the first one to tell you that. If Why can't they get the code off the disk? It's You can't get the code off the disk and then rebuild it from there. You've got to have the original like computer or whatever it was that built the game. Is, is that the deal? Like Explain that to me code-wise. Because I would think personally, I'm like, well, if you got the CD, the code's no. on there, you just extrapolate So what that, happens but-
1: is when they make a game, for example, and I'll, I'll break it down to like Super Nintendo formats. Okay. Like w- when you have a, a game you code for the Super Nintendo, you have to compress the whole file down so that cart will be able to read it. And Like that- a zip file. Sort of, yeah. Okay. Like I think they call okay. it .dot spc or something like that for Super Nintendo. And so, like that format is compressed down, but that is only meant for that cartridge to read. So you can't, yeah. you can't. Uh, what do you call it? A retro engineer it or yeah, whatever. You
0: can't like basically uh, extrapolate it and then try and like back engineer. No, or, you wouldn't yeah. be able
1: to do that. So like that original file. It's just a copy of a copy. It's just in a, way. a read-only file. It's a read-only file, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So like you, it, you, that doesn't tell you the code. It just it is the format that that, con- that that console needs to read it. But that's not the original.
2: F- that's not the code itself. Yeah. Like they. Yeah. And, yeah go ahead. Edward. Oh, they. Yeah. They would have to rebuild the whole game for that code exactly from, from scratch, basically yeah. at that yeah. point. Um. Uh, because like once the game goes go um. They're supposed to have that original copy, and this is still supposed to be in their system where they could pull it out, still be able to work some magic if they want to port it, like if they want to do like an HD remaster, they'll be able to have to pull that original code, be able to uh, change some things to remaster it, and be good to go. But Sega lost all of that. Yeah, another thing, too, to think
1: about it, we're living in a time now where we have the cloud. So, like, a lot of the people writing code and stuff, there's a way to back up all that stuff. Back in yeah. the day, you didn't have these systems. You know, if you had it on a hard drive or, or a floppy and you lose that floppy, you're done. That's it. Though, I mean, unless you were smart enough to make a copy of it. But even then, a lot a lot of the games, especially with Sega Saturn a lot of the games it took it was almost like a Nintendo for a while where you wouldn't get a game for like 4 or 5 months like it, you weren't getting games every month and it yeah. took a lot of time to localize these games from from Japan yeah. and like bring imports over that's why a lot of times when you when you buy imports they're cheaper because the, the you don't have to worry about localization and so y- if you have something like a Sega Saturn that all you have to do is get this action replay 3 card pop it in And it's all it it does dual things. It's it's a memory card as well, so it'll save your games. But also, it it'll allow you you don't have to do anything. Open up your system and do all this. You can just play imports. And especially if you're getting something like a fighting game, I mean, you don't have to worry about reading Japanese text or anything. Well, that's true. If you're playing a fighting game, so it all really depends on because like like you said earlier, Sega Dreamcast has a pretty good library, and there's a lot of American-made games too. Like you don't have to go hunt. Uh, Hunt imports. I mean, there's some really good American localized games for yeah. the Se- Sega Dreamcast, and I feel like when it came to the the Sega Saturn, there was there's so much uh, import that people started using later on. But like, they also too, you have to also look at the Sega Saturn. The very first controller that the Sega Saturn got uh, was awful. The American one. The American one is horrible. But they did a, they did a second generation bundle where they gave you the Japanese controller, and the Japanese controller's directional pad is amazing. Um, and so like. I've always, uh, it's always one of those things where I've researched consoles, even if I never mm-hmm. owned them. I always had friend, I always had that friend that owned every console. Right. So like, he, I'd go over and he'd be like, hey, I got Sega Saturn. I'm like, oh, well, what what happened to your Sega CD? He goes, oh, I'm done with it. I'm like, well, can I have it? He's like, no, I'm, I'm just keeping it. I'm like, oh. And then, you know, he'd play, you know, play all the games, whatever come out, and Virtual Fighter and all that stuff. And, and I was blown away by how like arcade perfect these these ports were. I mean, they were amazing. They they held up really well. well everybody,
0: well, two things. One, everybody has said that Sega Saturn was probably one of the best systems when it came to arcade ports oh, because they amazing. were like the arcade um, ports were almost like one for one. Or Edward, um, you jump in, brother.
2: The, I, I would say the Dreamcast knocks the Sega Saturn way out the block like you literally could take the you literally this is how good to take a dreamcast was you literally could take the game out of a arcade and put it on the dreamcast and it will work the same well, that makes huh.
1: sense because it's a newer. But I'm talking about for the time when it, when the Sega Saturn came oh, out. Oh, when uh, Sega it, system. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it first came out, like because people were doing it similarly to the Sega CD, which it was fine. But when the Sega Saturn came out, people were like, "Oh my gosh, King of Fighters three is just uh, like perfect." Like because people would play on the arcade sticks, and then and when you had the uh, Japanese controller, especially when you had the Japanese controller, like I I just remember being blown away by how awesome like that felt because at the time you know no one was ha- no one had a arcade perfect port of these games and like virtual right. fighter 2 was really good uh, and
2: and plus people the playstation 1 versions were were worse than the Saturn. they were inferior, the yeah, they were
1: inferior to the Sega Saturn so you're like oh man this is great but uh i actually never owned a dreamcast either so i, I that's why i'm kind of like oh i want to get one of those cause like
2: oh street fighter th- street fighter 3 third strike, third strike Soul is amazing Caliber, yeah uh, house of the dead um uh, uh, there was a shoot. There was like a beat 'em up of the dead kind of one. Uh, I think shooting of the dead or something like that. Um, Die Hard. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of really good games. Well, still. Die
0: Hard was for Sega Saturn because I no, looked it was at for, that uh, Well, I looked it up today and they had the Die Hard arcade game was for Sega Saturn because oh, I actually I, looked I, that up today. Um, unless they, they, they made uh, one for Sega Saturn as or Sega Dreamcast, Dreamcast as well, but it came out because it was an exclusive to uh sega saturn and then they made a second one and they dropped the diehard license I, and it was like super cop 2 or something
1: so i yeah. think i think answer to answer your, your earlier question i think you'd probably get more enjoyment out of the dreamcast just because there's a you don't have to like there's a lot of readily available games even on ebay like you can find some games you know for the, Se- the sega uh dreamcast sega saturn's gonna be hard because there's not there's not a lot of sega saturn co- consoles out there, first of all. And and if you get your hands on one, you don't know what version you're getting. If you're getting the first gen, second gen, uh, if you had the American controller or the rebundled Japanese controller, you don't... I mean, there's, there's just a lot of variables involved. And also... You can get a system, but where? How, when are you going to get the games for it? So that's another thing too. So like, you have these there's retro, store. yeah, you have yeah, these stores, it. you have these awesome services, and and um, you know, retro game treasures got yeah, awesome it does good.
0: it for? Uh, they do it for the uh, Sega Dreamcast. So at least yeah. I know if I've yeah. got retro. So you game got something treasure, awesome like that that, yeah. that you
1: can you go you know an awesome service like that you can get. But like, I just don't. I think you just get more enjoyment out of the Dreamcast. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. But like, I, th- and that's what I'm I'm kind of biased because that's what I want to. I have a spot on the bottom shelf in our studio for, for a Dreamcast. Uh, but Sega Saturn, I do have nostalgia, and it's kind of sometimes hard to like separate nostalgia from, from something that's actually good. Yeah, um,
0: But sometimes that's the difference. It's like if it's something you want and you're nostalgic for it, it, good, it good is a very relative term. Sure, yeah. So if subjective. you're nostalgic for it and if you really want it, then that's something else. I did want to ask you one more question before we stray too far from the topic. Okay, Sega Saturn. If I have an import game, drop it in, it will play it, or will only play it if I have that action replay. You have to have the, yeah, action, replay. the action replay. Okay. Now, let's see. 30
1: bucks for an action replay card. Oh, it's on eBay that, or something? Yeah, it's not yeah. expensive. Okay. Yeah, like now,
0: bucks. I guess here's the next question. Sega Dreamcast. If I drop an import game and it won't play You have
1: it. to have the Gen 1 version of Sega Dreamcast. Only really? Only Gen 1 would play imports. So. Really? So uh, you've
0: got to make sure that it's a Gen 1. And how do you know it's a Gen 1?
1: I don't know off the top of my head. You'd have to research it. I don't know if it's serial code or the way it's designed. But under Gen 1, you could play burned imports. Uh, well, could you play like
0: a regular import, not a burned one? Both, yeah. Okay. You could do both. No, um, on,
2: the, on the regular Dreamcast, you can not play a burned one. I think oh, even can you? I think it oh, okay. yeah because they uh EGM did a cover of how some games how you could burn them or uh GamePro or EGM or somebody show how you could get Dreamcast games being burned and then play them on the Dreamcast without having anything with it like it will read it like it's a regular Dreamcast, Dreamcast game. game
0: but I but that's still the version 1 is what you're saying Edward you, it only work on the version 1 Dreamcast not anything I th- later I think
2: it will work on any version Oh
1: wow I didn't I man. Well, we'll have to do, well, some, we'll research have to do some
0: research because yeah. the the two models I saw at the place I was looking at, they had one that was a white model, and then it had a black model, which was the Sega Sports model. But I've got a feeling that that black Sega Sports model definitely is not a version one. That was probably later down the line. Probably. So that I, one
2: was just a limited edition for that. So it does, it should does it should do the same thing as the white model because well, it, it should.
0: I guess the the. The crux of this whole conversation is we got to figure out which ones are version ones and what do I need to look for when I'm buying the machine to make oh, sure it'll play all, the all the, the white ones
2: are regular are the original ones. The white ones, I guess. So
0: are. white ones, all white, all white Sega Dreamcasts are version one. Yeah. OK. So if I buy yeah, a white one, console, it should be a version the one. The
1: console only lasted two years anyway. So two years, That's
0: what yeah. I'm saying. I didn't think there was a version one and version two. I thought they were uh, all the same. Th-
2: yeah, because the black one was for the 2K uh, series. Yeah, oh, okay. and that's,
0: to be honest with you, out of the two I was looking at, I really wanted the black one, but if you're saying that, you know, only the white ones are version one, I might just go with the white one.
2: Um, I think it's just, a uh, you can still do the uh, black one. It will still do the same thing because they were just only doing the color swap. Okay, that's all so basically you're saying well, I could
0: still drop an import game in that Dreamcast and it should run. Yep. Okay, well, so the only one I've got to worry about is the Sega uh, Saturn. Saturn. You have to and have, and have the action replay. replay. But if I can get the little chip for 30 bucks and plug it in on eBay, that's not well, bad. My
1: main, my main concern for you, Deuce, is I think you have more options for the Dreamcast, more available, readily, readily available titles, because yeah, yeah. there was more Sega Dreamcast sold than Sega Saturns, True. So which means there's more games made, more... There's, there's more. You have a lot more options. You've got a lot
0: more library. Yeah. Now, even yeah. if the ones I like in the Sega Saturn library might be, I might want more, and I want might want to play more. So it's kind of one of those catch twos yeah, really because yeah. like there's definitely some games I really want to play that are only on the Sega Saturn. But like you said, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world to find those. Yeah. But on the flip side of that coin, you know, Sega Dreamcast, there is more games. Of course, we got our good friends at Retro Game Treasure that are now actually, you know, giving out in their boxes the Sega uh, Dreamcast games. That's an option, too. So, I mean, yeah. it's it, it's a catch-22 either way, I guess. Yeah, and they're avoid both Avoid
2: diff- nights. If you're going to do Sega Saturn, avoid nights. That controller is... <laughs> terrible. Yeah, it's not really good. Yeah, oh, that, what,
0: what is Knights a video game? Yeah, it's a game. Yeah, Knights for, for the, sake of yeah. Saturn, oh, yeah. okay, the Sega Saturn. Oh, okay. Because everybody now, said that's a great game, Knights in the Dreams. That game is.
2: Horrible. But
1: they remastered it for for another game. Didn't they like do oh, a Wii. for the Wii? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that I don't know how good that version was, but like, I've always heard mixed opinions on it. But like, I feel like the Sega. The problem with Sega is they their systems don't last long enough for because the Sega Saturn sold 5 million units in Japan, which, you know, Japan's a smaller country, so that was decent, but in America, I don't even know if it eclipsed a million units. I I don't know. I don't don't recall ever reading about it eclipsing, so it didn't do very well in in America.
0: That's a funny thing, and, and we'll break it down real quick, because I actually did some research today, because I was looking at 32X, because I've had this debate with a couple people like, hey, if I put a Sega Genesis game in my 32X, does it make it look better? And everybody's like, no, 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 no. And then I did some research today, and they're like, yes, yes, yes. It will look better. Not a lot, but it'll look a little bit better. It won't have the rainbow banding. So I went down this, as we call it, a Wikipedia rabbit hole. Um, And they literally said when 32X was coming out to market, they knew the Sega Saturn was coming out like in a year and a half. So they were rushing it to market. So some of the people like Doom, prime example, they had to rush your game to market, and they had to cut some of the levels out because they were like, look... They wanted us to be a launch title, and the only way we could get our team to do that was put the game in the window because it doesn't cover the whole screen. It's in a little window, and we had to cut some of the levels out just to make room for it. So it was one of those things where I think the 32X library is only 200 games, maybe. I mean, it's not a huge library. Um, And then they said, you know, the Sega Saturn was next, and I jumped into that, and I was reading it, and they were like yeah sega saturn was kind of the next step but it didn't last really long so because well, it didn't oh go ahead Edward. i'm oh, sorry
2: because of the, the sega saturn the release was crazy like the dude um uh, showed up at e3 and, and they said the sega saturn is out right now you could go to the store and buy it for 600 dollars. wait there was no pr- there was no announcement Stores didn't tell nobody. You literally was just like, oh, right after this E3 preference conference, I could go into uh electronic boutique and buy a Sega Saturn for $600. Had no notice of the games. Didn't know how the system really looked like. Like, they just dropped it. They just threw it out there, just like have fun. Even a lot Go of developers,
1: right. a lot of developers weren't aware that it was dropping. So a lot of, so that's why a lot of the games got delayed, and and that's why you didn't get a Sega Saturn game for like every two three months, you know, because they developers were still working on it. So right. Sega did a poor job of marketing it, and, and it was like, oh, it's available now. They wanted to get that buzz, that hype, but it didn't do what they anticipated. And I remember it was like on May, I think they when the E3 was or something like yeah. that, and they just like, yeah. all right, it was supposed to come out that holiday season. And they're like, nope, it's out available in stores now. And I remember my, my friend's mom was all like, what? We have to get it now? I don't have 600 bucks Because that's another thing. People didn't have money to drop on it. They, didn't, you know, they were saving or whatever. They have, yeah. they didn't have the cash for it
0: yet. But know? also, I think the thing was from the article I was reading, they did that to beat the PlayStation 1 to market. That's what I, they wanted to do. Yeah, they yeah. wanted yeah. to beat the PlayStation 1 to market, which I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at like an electronics boutique, which... Mad props to you. I'm giving you a fist pump through the internet for throwing <laughs> up the Electronics Boutique because that's a name I haven't heard in a hot minute. Um, but yeah, like, I would have loved to been a fly on the wall there in that store if it's like, hey, I've got a case of Sega Saturns in the back and nobody knows what this is. Like, nobody knows this is releasing it's and true. I can't release yeah. it till later. That, that had to have been pretty crazy.
2: Because if you was a gamer at that time, EGM was your Bible. It was. That's just, how you knew all the stuff. Like, that, that, that Nintendo
1: stuff. power between those two magazines alone, like they—I mean—they literally would have screenshots, you know. And it, screenshots right. were actual like a camera of a screen. Like it wasn't like you were getting these awesome HD you know, pictures, import. It was literally a guy with a camera with it on a television
0: and taking pictures of it. But that's even the funnier thing, because you got to remember back then, E3 wasn't like it is now. Like, E3 is on, you know, Spike TV. It's on the internet. It's on multiple places. Back then, E3 was only for literally the people selling the games. So, like, it wasn't all the media like it is now. So if they announced it at E3... It might take you a month before you got the new electronic gaming monthly, or you got the right. new Nintendo Power That's a that good told point. you where yeah. stuff was coming out. That's so true. it's not like now where you know if somebody yeah. yeah, if somebody comes out now at E three and goes, "Oh, by the way, the system's out," might drop. Like everybody knows, right then the internet blows up. Like, it probably took multiple weeks for people to even find out. I mean, and, I'm sure there's kids that walked in the store and it's like, What's this? And like, Oh, it's the new system, it dropped to E3, and they're like,
2: What? That's and true. you got to realize during that time at E3, anybody was able to go in. E3 was packs, E3 was your Comic Con for gamers, like, you could dress up. Go to e 3 play the games, go to the conferences, and watch like regular audience people were able to pay money and go play this compared to what it is now.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's a totally different deal. Uh, and speaking of a different deal, we need to pay some bills and take a short break. We'll be right back with more of the Happy Hour with Johnny <laughs>
1: This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by...
0: AG Productions is an Orlando-based film and photo company.
1: They work with a lot of local cosplayers. Shooting their pictures against a green screen will allow the team to make the cosplayer into a real-life
0: hero. AG has done some charity work, as well, working alongside Rock Pink for breast cancer awareness.
1: Find them at a convention and you'll be able to rent out one of the talented photographers to take some awesome
0: high-def pictures of you and your family. Not a cosplayer, that's okay too. AG can take you and your family and put them anywhere you want to be. Also, AG Productions does weddings, graduation, quinceañeras, bar mitzvahs, you name it, and you need a photo crew, AG can do it.
1: Also, don't miss out their newest film short, The Corridor. Find The Corridor on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Corridor Film. Also, go to Agents' website at www.agiatt.com to learn more about them and give them a like on Facebook. And don't forget, forget to, to tell, tell them, them that, that the Happy Hour with, with Johnny and Deuce, Deuce sent you. you.
0: This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Josh Bauer, a.k.a. JB Designs. If you haven't seen his work, he does amazing stuff. He does comic book art, video game character, movie art. It's awesome. It's even hanging right now in our Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce Studios. You're definitely going to want to check it out. Head to www.joshbauerartist.com and that's www.joshbauerartist.com E-R-A-R-T-I-S-T dot com and you can find him on all his social media outlets including Facebook, Instagram and even YouTube. And make sure to follow his event page and catch him at upcoming events like Space
1: Coast Nerd Fest, April 16th and 17th. He's going to be a guest artist. Also, free comic book day May 7th at Smash Comics. MegaCon 2016 from May 26th to the 29th where he'll even have a booth in the vendors area. Also, you can find his online store at jbdesigns.storeenvy.com. That's j b d e z i g n s .storeenvy.com. You can find his original paintings, prints, posters, and
0: mini prints. And Deuce, there's a special promo code for our happy hour listeners. If you'll put in the promo code Deuces on the Loose, and that is spelled D U C E I S O N T H E L O O S E, you'll get 25 percent off prints posters and mini prints and if you see him on one of the upcoming events tell him you're a happy hour podcast listener to receive something special and don't forget to see our boy and our friend Josh Bauer of JB Designs and don't forget to tell him that the happy, happy hour with, with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Back with the happy hour with Johnny Deuce. Well, that was definitely an interesting (laughs) conversation about the Sega Dreamcast and Sega Saturn. Sorry to maybe uh, hijack the show a little bit. But, uh, Johnny, what you got on tap, brother? Yeah, so
1: my my main thing now is, like, there was rumors. Speaking of Sega, there there was a little bit of rumors that Sega was wanting to enter the the game space again. And I I just... I, I have... I have a love-hate relationship with the Sonic games. And I, I feel like when people go back and they argue about like Sega being the... You know, they originally they were the top dog, right? They, at first, they were like, hey, this is we're, we're going to come out. And and the thing was, the Super Nintendo... Were ne- they? Yeah, they were. So, <laughs> like, yeah, Nintendo came out, right? For example, you had Nintendo. Let's go down the timeline. NES. NES. Okay. You had the NES. And then, uh, you, was it like a year later, the, the uh, Master System came out, I think? Yes. Yeah. So, you had the Master System and then it and then after that it was like i don't know i not know two, th- 2 3 years after that you had the the uh
2: super nintendo come out yeah. now the super nintendo was actually you had the genesis come out cause, oh yeah um, that's right the genesis and, came out before yeah. that because um uh, 89, 89, 89 and 90 was when the Sega genesis came out cuz my brother got it for christmas and he had michael jackson moonwalker
1: yeah, so the Genesis was actually there to compete against the the NES, and they didn't realize yes. that Super NES was actually going to be like their biggest competitor, and that's when the whole mascot wars came about, where it was like, all right, well, blast processing and Sonic's so much faster, and this and that, and like, and Sega was doing really well. I mean, they they were awesome, and then it was Super Nintendo came out, and it was that's when the quote unquote console wars really took off. So for me, it's like I I argue that Sega doesn't isn't as Hate to say this, but I'll, I argue that Sega isn't as good as we remember. I I, I know that's might be a taboo thing, but like, you go back to look at their franchises. Other than Sonic, like, you don't really have like notable franchises that you can go back to. Well,
2: let me. You tell have oh, go ahead. Edward. Oh, I'm sorry. You have Go um, Go To Next, uh, Streets of Rage, um, you got Space Harrier, Afterburner, um. You, you kind of got some of those arcade games because that's what kind of web Sega really made its money. Um, when the Genesis came came out, you know, a lot of people thought that those arcade ports would be a good fit for that system. Um so they're kind of known. They're a little bit known for that. But yes, uh, when it came out to Sonic, if you ask a lot of people who are not retro who know some of the Sega history, Sonic the Hedgehog is probably the only one that would stand out that people would recognize. It's yeah, true.
0: And I agree with that. And actually, just to kind of throw my little story in there, like I didn't know anything about the Sega Master System. Like I got when I was real little, I got a Nintendo and I only played Nintendo, and then I found out the Super Nintendo came out, and I saved up, and I saved up mowing yards to get a Super Nintendo. And it was only, goodness gracious, probably two or three years after the Super Nintendo came out, they actually had a store in Orlando near my grandmother's house, and it was basically the first ever store I remember that traded games in. It was like a a video game store where you could trade stuff in. So Mm -hmm. I saved up some money, took a bunch of games, traded in, and got my first Sega And by that time, I mean, you're on at least Sonic 2 by then because I remember the games I got with it were X-Men because X-Men just came out, and that was half the reason I got it was for X-Men because I loved X-Men. This was probably
1: like 93, 94. Yeah. Yeah. So I got
0: X-Men, I got Sonic Pinball, and I got Sonic 1 and 2. And mostly, like you said, I got it for arcade ports. Like, I wanted to play, you know, Afterburner. I wanted to play Streets of Rage. I wanted to play the arcade games that, Super Nintendo wasn't really giving me at the time so that's what I bought it for and I loved it for that and then it got crazy because then it was Sega CD and Sega 32X and now that I'm an adult I own both of those but at the time as a kid I'm like I can't throw down another $200 I just threw down $100 on this thing So right. and the thing with the
2: Sega Master System uh, was that it had to. It had a where you could put the cartridge in, and then it had like a card that you could slide in. Right. Um, with that, but it also had 3D glasses on there. So they had a game that was in 3D. That once you put the glasses on, it would pop out. Really. Um, and yes, um, because my brother had the 3D glasses in we had the game and somehow the glasses messed up i don't know what happened so i had to play that game in in regular screen and this it looks split because you're <laughs> supposed to have the glasses on right in order to make it, it to look fix. right um but i was able to beat that game without the glasses and stuff yeah um the the sake master system um was considered kind of almost like a toy um yeah over uh, over a uh, video game system because it didn't really have any kind of public publishers making games for it like Sega was pretty much making all their games yes. they even made the double dragon game like double dragon for Sega Master system was the R- arcade version but for uh but in a smaller bit where the NES version was just a one player thing right yeah. um so when it came to the Sega Genesis you know uh Sega had to do something uh, that was going to be like be able to bring that arcade experience to the home that uh, Nintendo couldn't do at that time.
0: And see, that's the reason I got it. And then, like I said, it exploded with the 32X, it exploded with the Sega CD, and I'm like, I can't afford this. And now, thank goodness, you know, I've got the money, I can, and now with the Retro Game treasures, I can get the Sega CD games, I'm playing those. But at the time, yeah, you're right. At least in my household, it was a Nintendo household, and I believe it was in yours. For a yeah, lot of part, well, too, so, Johnny.
1: So, yeah, for me, it's like I... Real quick, I got my NES. To buy my Super NES, I had to trade my original NES. I had to trade it uh, or, you know, sell it. Pawn and it. Pawn it or whatever. And at the time, I didn't think about it. I was like, oh, cool. I got my Super Nintendo. And then I didn't... Get, I'm kind of in the same boat as Deuce. I didn't get my Sega Genesis till the bundle with Sonic 2 came out in 1993. Yeah. Mm. And so, like, I was kind of late to the party. And then... My my uh, parents were like, oh, your cousin... I don't know how this ended up happening, but my I ended up you giving... You got
0: Kaiser so saved on that one, brother.
1: I ended up giving my Sega Genesis to my cousin because they couldn't afford a, a system that year, and I was like, oh... They go, oh, you have a Super Nintendo, you're okay. And I'm like, yeah, but there's certain... My parents didn't get it at the time. But there's certain games that only were for Sega. And all, and they're like, no, you can get... They thought every system could play everything back in the day. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, Mario can play... Or so Sonic. it
0: was uh, straight up Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Bel- Bel- with the uh, parents just don't understand on that one? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it, it was... It, you know, in retrospect, you know, I, I, they're, they're, Sega de- had some good games, but overall, I think I, I'm, I'm proud to be a Nintendo fanboy because I felt like... The S- Super Nintendo just had his amazing library of games and I and I argue it's one of the best systems ever made and you know I still hold up I mean and you look at you know you look at the the, the the sony sound chip which is in a super nintendo yeah. Uh, yeah. it sounds so good you know and, and uh, th- that's thanks to you know sony you know because they they make great audio uh but like the super nintendo just had such a diverse library of games from platformers to rpgs to strategy to i mean you name it yeah i mean fighting games i mean street fighter 2 put super nintendo on the map essentially yeah. i mean i mean that that yeah. street fighter 2 was huge I mean you're talking about arcade ports, I mean it wasn't the best port, but it was it was pretty awesome to to go home and be like, I just you know, I don't have to put quarters in my machine anymore. I can go in and, and play Street Fighter Two and Blockbusters behind and they had all these tournaments and like it just felt like Super Nintendo was the top dog. Ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve, you know. Um
2: Well it it was weird for me because um as you guys, you know, realize the second uh the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, me and my brother had all three systems. We had I had the Super Nintendo and the TurboGraphic 16. Whoa and my, and my brother had the Sega Genesis. Now he didn't do the Sega C D, he didn't do the 32X, he skipped the salary and he went straight to Dreamcast. But yeah, I was the only one in my whole city uh to have a Turbo Graphic 16.
0: Wow. Yeah, and I actually, that happened to me, too. Uh, my neighbor who lived next to me, he was a lot older than me. I think he was in high school at the time, and he had a TurboGrafx-16. And then he got his... I want to say it was he got a Super Nintendo or a Sega or something. He's like, I-, I don't want this anymore. Do you want it? And I'm like, dude, if you don't want it, I'll take it, but getting Turbo Graphic 16 because they were in those little chips. They were like little squares that you had to new slide car, in. Yeah, yeah, they were the hardest thing in the world to find because at that point, Toys R Us wasn't carrying them anymore and it was like near impossible to find them because I think they had already passed that generation or probably on to the next generation, but... I really wish I'd kept that because they had some great games on the TurboGrafx 16.
2: I was at Electronic Boutique. There go Bunk. There go Bunk 2.
0: There go uh, (laughs) Spatterhouse. Uh,
2: Keep Courage in the Alpha Zone.
0: There
2: go. uh, Like, like I was getting my. Well, yeah, I was getting my games. And that's when the the cartridges were like they were square boxes, like really small square boxes. Oh, yeah.
0: TurboGrafx 16 would have like a million games on a shelf, and then Super (laughs) Nintendo would have like 10. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: it's just interesting to see just, like, how games in general, because, like, another another company that, that tried to compete in the space was Panasonic when they came out with the 3DO. Remember that Panasonic 3DO? Yeah. Then, well, I, uh, I want I one. Do.
0: There's one game I want to play on a 3DO, and I will pay... Darn near whatever. I want a 3DO and I want Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan. Like <laughs> I will pay like three hundred bucks to get a 3DO if I can get a 3DO and I can get that one game. And it's I didn't actually know they
2: made well for it. Yeah,
0: that's the only system that got that game. They were gonna make it on Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, but I guess it didn't do well enough, or they shut it down. Oh or man, whatever. Panasonic yeah.
1: 3DO was so expensive too.
0: Holy crap! Like it but was. Did,
2: but did Panasonic also do CDI? That was the Philips CDI, was
0: yeah, it? Yeah, Philips CDI. Oh, that was Philips. Okay. Yeah. yeah, That's the one I'm thinking of. I apologize. Uh, CDI is the one that has the Thunder and Paradise. Oh, okay, so because yeah, because
1: Philips CDI was. Yeah, there's that's the thing. There's just so many companies that were trying to jump in, in the video game, like oh let's jump on the bandwagon. You know, look at look at all these. Co- and it wasn't think about it like Sony's the one that mastered weathered it all. Like they went. I mean, all these other companies just kind of went. And then just the and then and then obviously Microsoft and you know. Uh, the 2000s, you know, they, they, people were like, what? Microsoft's making a console? You know, like, yeah.
0: that's weird. But and that 3DO was pretty awesome, though. And I've got to give a little shout out to our buddy Jeff, who's our legal representation, because his bro- brother gave him one, and we used to play it before we'd get on the bus. And one day we played Need for Speed too long, and we missed the bus. Oh, wow. And one, <laughs> of, the na- one of the neighbors had to drive us to school because we played Need for Speed so long that we missed the damn bus.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Um, there was also Neo Geo at that time. Yeah, sure, yeah, uh, yeah. That was the first $600 system.
0: I'm just like, a nope. <laughs> that was yeah, but it way. had some of, at the time, the best arcade ports. Because everybody who I had talked to that either had a Neo Geo or is a retro game fan, like all three of us are, was like Neo Geo had some amazing like uh, Samurai Showdown and things like that. And uh, Metal Slug, I believe. That yes. were like really amazing yeah. arcade ports, and they're like, well, "This they, feels they like playing the arcade at home."
2: The, the, the thing about it, they weren't ports; that was the actual arcade game.
0: Yeah, because that was what was in the machine.
2: Yeah, and you, if you had the uh, if you had the cartridge, you used to be able to take it to the arcade, put your cartridge in, and play your save data.
0: Are you on the me?
2: arcade board?
0: See, I didn't know that, and and I mean, mm-hmm. every time, like we've got a couple barcades around here, and a couple, one of them at least has a Neo Geo, and they've got all the Neo Geo games. But I didn't know, like, if you had the cart, the Neo Geo cart, they could open it up and put your Neo Geo cart in it and play the game.
2: It was at the top of the cabinet. It would be like a black space that was open, and you put it in, and you'd be able to play it. if you own the game. And you really? So
0: if still. you own the game, you could go to the arcade, you
2: just poop. Pop it Put right it in. in. I mean, I think you still have to pay the twenty-five cent. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's where they get their money. The arcade does. Yeah, whatever your data was on that cartridge it was going to be in the game.
0: That's pretty dope. I never even heard of that.
2: Yeah, they that was that was when Neo Geo first came out, and then they stopped doing it. They they stopped making out those kind of cabinets. Well, I mean, we I mean we could talk for. Hours and hours on like retro games. Well, I'll have, to have you back
1: on again because like it, there's just so many different types of systems and histories, and all three of us have, you know, had our different experiences and whatnot, and like it's it's fun to kind of talk talk history, you know, video games, and and I feel like especially with the CD-based games, like they, you know, we're still doing them now, you know, and like it's kind of mm-hmm. evolved, and you know, you got the digital world now that you know, we talked about earlier about how things are going digital only, and who knows what's happening with the NX and. And so it's like it's all about adapting to the technological changes and advancements, you know. Yeah.
0: So Well, yeah. I want to ask Edward one more sure, question before yeah. we let him go. What was your thing about uh, SmackDown versus Raw? Because we talked about it in the in the pre show and you didn't get to talk about it, so I want you to okay. drop that bomb.
2: So um you guys did a, uh was talking about uh video games and before you actually got to that you guys started talking about uh wrestling games and you mentioned smackdown versus brawl now my friend uh during that time when the game came out we was big wrestling friends and he still is a big wrestling friends um i kind of fell out of it because i got busy with work and i just don't have time to watch it um uh, we would custom make our characters and we would stay up four hours every Friday. We would have like pizza. We would have like, uh, like beer, whatever we wanted to drink. Like we would stay up to like Saturday morning playing wrestling games over and over. We would do like raw, um, we would do, like, uh, two-on-one. Like, we were having so much fun. And when you guys started talking about it, I got so happy because I was just, like, everything that y'all did in the game, me and my friends did. And it brought so many memories. And I was just, like, I I love the SmackDown versus Raw games. I love when THQ was making those wrestling games on uh, PlayStation 2. Um, The NWO game on N64 we played. Like, we was having so much fun with wrestling games during that time period and you guys just you have brought memories back and i just like wow these guys they know me they know my heart with these wrestling games because i (laughs) had so much fun with them
0: well let me ask you two quick questions Then, one what is your favorite wrestling game and one it's your favorite like smackdown game
2: um oh my favorite wrestling game um it has to be Royal Rumble for the Super Nintendo.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. That is a throwback. Be- yeah.
2: Because it, um, even though it's a little bit slow, somehow I was able to win a lot of games <laughs> in Royal Rumble. Uh, SmackDown 2006, I think. Uh, I think that was the one. It was 2005 or 2006. It was still when it was just a blue cover. Mm-hmm um we me and my friends had that that was like kind of also the best one to me uh and my friends they custom made me in a preacher outfit (laughs) and uh they would have they would have me walking in like uh you know trying to be like a preacher and stuff and i will always lose because they they gave me like horrible moves even though I was supposed to be like a preacher I was supposed <laughs> to be a man of God and I was just getting my tail kicked and I was just like you guys are so wrong and th- that was when you was we, you was able to custom make your moves and stuff like yeah, yeah. you could switch them up and my we would spend hours just trying to get the right person that we wanted
1: yeah I, I always like the here comes the pain um Smackdown versus is it Smack or is that SmackDown? It was just Smackdown. Here Smackdown, comes the pain. Here, I love that that's, game. My favorite. that's my Smackdown favorite Smackdown too. Yeah, that was, an because awesome that was the game.
0: first one that had the elimination chamber. Exactly. Like yeah. and as soon as they did that cuz that's my yeah. favorite match type ever is the elimination chamber. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, you can do the elimination chamber and Brock was in it and every yeah. like Brock was that, on the cover, wasn't Brock it? Brock was yeah. on the cover. Yeah, it was, that was him a big and deal. it was Tory Wilson yeah. and it was Triple H, Eddie Guerrero, and a couple other. Yeah, Yeah, it was a really good game. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, that that one is a classic.
1: Yeah, and then, of course, Deuce and I, it's unanimous. No Mercy is our favorite uh, uh, wrestling game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which Would you say there's a second? Because for me, it'd be the WCW versus NWO, because that was the first game where we got Goldberg in it. Yeah, there we go. Edward knows what I'm talking about. Because that was the whole reason I got a 64, because I had a PlayStation 1, and I was like, I've got to get a 64 for this, and then I ended up playing it for Star Wars and a bunch of other games, too. Yeah. But, like, the reason I went to the... I think I think it was a flea market at the time where I ended up getting it, but I was like, i got to get this for the WCW games because I was such a WCW fan. I wanted to play as Goldberg and play as Hulk Hogan, and just... It had a really stellar roster, and it was really good because THQ in the 64 days were killing it with the wrestling games. Yeah. And they hold up.
2: It Wasn't that the one that you could bust them on the, uh, on the ring thing and they would actually have blood on their face?
0: Yeah, I think that was, like, the first one where it was, like, there was blood and you could do a lot of stuff with it because it was funny. I think that was the last one THQ did for WCW, and then they jumped over to WWF, and that's when you got – WrestleMania 2000, and then you got No Mercy, which, if I remember correctly, No Mercy, I'm sure, was the last wrestling game for 64. But it was one of, like, the last games for 64 because at the time, I was in college, PlayStation 2 was out, and I had a PlayStation 2, but I was like, I want to go buy this game. And I remember I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm spending $50 for a 64 game because it's in the box, it's got the instructions, it's still in the shrinker app, like it's brand new. And I loved it because, you know, it had Edge and Christian and the Hardys on the cover, and it had that, you know, the ladder matches and everything, and it was, it that, and it had a little bit of full motion video, like three At seconds of video, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it had a lot of theme songs, and I, I really enjoyed it. It's I think one it of my holds
1: favorite. up, it's all about the gameplay, and I think that's why No Mercy is still considered one of the top wrestling games, is the fact that. It still holds up. It's fun to play, and it's the great couch co-op, and it's just it's and that awesome. roster is amazing. Yeah, it's a great You gotta roster, remember yeah. that
0: was like the height of the Attitude Era. Absolutely, so like yeah. every yeah. guy that you love. Well, they from even the had a, Era, they had and a, a and pay-per-view
1: it. called No Mercy. So yeah. like that was a pay-per-view at the time. And well, like, that's what they named it after because yeah. that
0: was the the one where it was finally the I think it was best out of five, and that was the last match between exactly. Edge and Christian yep. and the Hardys yep. to win the uh, Tory a, Invitational. Tory Invitational where they got like a $100,000 yep, or a $1, million dollars, and yep. Tory was their manager. It was also
1: the match that China uh, won the Intercontinental Championship, right? Yep, yep. Uh, The same match. So, obviously, Deuce and I know our history on uh, WWE. <laughs> we could yeah. talk about this for hours, but uh, but it's just great because, like, you know, you talked about it earlier. I think we talked about it in the pre-show. Actually, we didn't get into this. Graphics versus story or whatever. Game. Yeah. Gameplay. And that's one of those situations where, you know, it didn't necessarily have the best graphics. Sure, People looked like who they were. Like you could tell that was yeah. Undertaker or Stone Cold. But like it was all about the gameplay, and it was so much fun. That like it's still. I mean, there's still people out there now. and They have tournaments for No Mercy. Like years yeah. later, there's still tournaments yeah. out there for it. You can go online and go and, and go to gaming shops and and gaming places and and uh, retro game stores, and they're still doing tournaments for that yeah. thing. Like it's insane. Like it's it it still holds up, and it's awesome. And uh, I, you know, you. I don't know, just because you have, like, the best graphics doesn't necessarily mean you... Let's throw
0: that question out there, and it'll be our last question of the night, because I know we're (laughs) kind of wanting to wrap up because it's getting to the 9 o'clock hour, but um, what is it for you, Edward? Is it graphics, or is it gameplay that brings you to a game?
2: It's gameplay. It's always going to be gameplay. Graphics depending on how it's done will still always stand the test of time or it will always be de- debatable where gameplay is like if it's fun and it likes you in and it, it makes you feel good that you're playing it you know you're always going to be won over on gameplay I think that's why a, a lot of Nintendo games uh like that I, I purchase a lot of Nintendo games because the gameplay is just so addictive and it's so fun it's like it's pretty on point um even when we you guys talking about NWO and, and uh, like, the No Mercy games, we didn't care about the graphics. Like, we cared about the gameplay because, I'm like, it was that gameplay that kept us up for four yeah. hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, matches that we, like, here we are doing five matches. How the heck did 10 p.m. become, like, 2 a.m. in the morning? You know, it's that great gameplay.
0: And I think that stays true with games today. It's like, I don't care about the graphics so much as I care about what is the gameplay. Like, if the gameplay, I enjoy it, the story keeps me moving along, like, it's same thing. It'll be like you're playing a game, and you're like, oh, I'm only going to play till 10, and then you look at the clock, and it's like 2 in the morning, you're like, oh, my God, I got work tomorrow. Like, those are the games that kind of suck you in, and also, you know, now that we're kind of getting the retro game uh, fever, if you will, me and Johnny for sure – Those are the games that bring you in, the ones that have the gameplay, because, you know, you go back to a retro game, the graphics aren't going to compete with a PlayStation 4. It's just not going to happen. But what has the replayability and what has the, like, the controls and the story and the stuff that keeps you wanting to keep playing it, that's what's going to bring you back, and that's what lasts the test of time, in my opinion. You know, if the game is good, it's got good gameplay, got a good story, it's going to last the test of time. If it's shiny and new and the graphics are good, it's great for the moment, but it's not, you know, five years, six years from now, 20 years from now, is anybody going to pick it up and play it again? I don't know.
1: And also, you also have to look, too, it's like, you know, the PlayStation 2 finally shut its servers down, right? So it's like there're there's yeah. no more online PlayStation 2 games. So, like, also, it's just like pre- I, I kind of wanted to talk about preservation of games, too, because, yeah. like, you, you look at... You know, Mario Maker is a great example of you know pr- trying to preserve you know that that series and and, and creating it in its own way. And then of course you have like the remastered versions of games and whatnot. And I know there's some people that like them, some people don't like them, but people vote with their wallet. And te- mo- for the most part, when you see an HD remaster, it sells really well. I yeah. mean, there's not really like you look at uh, Majora's Mask, uh, 3DS sold over a million copies. That's insane for a 16 year old game. Like that's nuts, you know. Right. And, and like even something as simple as The Last of Us Remaster sold really well, you know. And that that game was only like year and a half out, so like people seem to really buy the HD collections. I don't know if it's just that they 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 like, you know, they missed it or they have another opportunity to play it or they didn't get to beat it the first time or or whatnot. But like I'm I'm scared about pr- you know preserving games because right now we could plug your 64, your Super Nintendo, your PlayStation playstation 2 and for the most part you don't need from you don't need no updates it just plays as long as you have the system you know what I mean but now it's like you go back and and you get into the digital world like if you don't if you don't have a way to connect to this online and and download this like what if you lose you know lose internet connectivity what if there's a Nash uh, like a, a crazy internet outage for months and like you can't download or do any updates do nothing like where's your where's your library Right. Like if you don't have a disk based version of it, where is it? It's gone. It's lost in the ether.
0: And aren't you glad like us that we're like, well, at least for me, I'm a hardcore like I don't do digital. I only do it on the disk because at least the disk will still run or the cartridge will still run. And me and you actually had a conversation about this the other day. Cartridges are getting to the point; they're like gold. Like they are, they're screw, going up in value. Screw yeah. buying stocks. I'm going to buy cartridge games because the cartridge games dude, keep going Edward, up. Yeah, Super
1: Mario Brothers Three is going for twenty five dollars. That is insane to me. What? Twenty five dollars? I'm like, I thought everyone owned a Super Mario Brothers Three, but now the value. Tell me what Super Mario World's going Super for. Super Mario World like is, is thirty bucks. Super Mario World is thirty bucks. I'm like, dude. Everyone that, that, didn't that, that come game came with, with the, the system. system, yeah. But like the that it's insane, man. Like the the value of carts, uh, this is, games in general have gone up, but especially cart based games, it just whew, skyrocketing. And when Iwata passed away, all the Kirby games went whew, way up. I'm, I'm talking about like Kirby Superstar was 150 bucks. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know, the the, the value of cart based games are going up like crazy. So like it's, I don't know. it's going up. Well, yeah,
0: that might be a good time to invest in Retro Game Treasure because at least you know what you're getting every month is going to go up every month about Exactly.
2: I think that's why collectors go to, like, garage sales and thrift stores and... Uh, Salvation Armies and look for these games because, you know, as collectors, they want that physical copy to go with sure. their system because if yep. something happens with it and you can't get it no more, or even Lord, like take Sunsoft for example. I can't play that Batman uh, movie game that came out for the NES, which was one of their best games. I can't play that no more because Sunsoft don't exist. Only way I could play is if I have the physical copy. Right. Yeah. And
0: you got to be a well-versed shopper when it comes to that because I've noticed when you go to these retro game stores or if you go to the flea market or whatever you need to know what the value of a game is because sometimes when you go to those places either a you might get really lucky and they don't know what the value is and you can get it on the cheap or sometimes they're way over in a game and you need to be like whoa, whoa, whoa. you're charging a hundred dollars for this I can get it on ebay for 60 and be able to finagle them and talk to them and be like look I'll pay you this much for it, but I ain't paying that. So you got to be a well-informed yeah. consumer when you do that.
1: Exactly. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, it, game preservation is important to me, and I, I'm hoping that, you know, some way, somehow, you know, the future systems, they figure out a way to preserve these games because, sure, uh, Microsoft did this backwards compatibility thing with the 360, which is really neat, but I not all companies have really adapted that. You look at the... Look what happened with play- PlayStation buying Gaikai, and then that PlayStation Now thing—it was a train wreck. Like no one's buying that anymore. You know the rental service and stuff yeah. like that. So it's like, you know, I I just wish that we would have better ways of preserving games because I I feel like you know y- you look at your Super Nintendo and your Nintendo yeah. 64 or PlayStation, those still work. You yeah. know they still play. You don't have to have firmware updates. You don't have to have you, you just know pop them in. You pop and them and they play. in and they play perfectly. And and Systems don't do that anymore.
0: And it kind of brings me to a counterpoint. Like, people get mad all the time about, like, hey, they're doing a HD remake yeah, of this or HD remake to, yeah. of that. But I'm like, hey, that means somewhere they've got that code locked down on a server somewhere. That's true. So that that's means an, that, you know... Yeah. We've got that game at least for another 20, 30 years because there's somewhere on a server where they've got it backed up. Where That's true. Some of these yeah. other games where they're not doing HD remakes of it. Like, or companies that are out of business. Like yeah, you know, exactly. Sunsoft, Sunsoft. And it's, it's hilarious because I pop in these games now. Prime example, I bought... Uh, last week, actually, I just bought Captain America and the Avengers for my Super Nintendo. When it popped up, it was wow. Blizzard. Yeah. Wow. Oh, amazing game. I love it. Love it. Um, but I bought it and I started playing it and I'm like wow, Blizzard made this? Like, it's kind of one of those things, like, you didn't know that was a Blizzard game because you think Blizzard, World of Warcraft, and, you know, and same thing with a couple others. Like, you know, Sunsoft made them. I think they made the uh, d- the Death of Superman game, and I think Blizzard helped with that one too, and I could be wrong on that. But, yeah. like, there's a lot of these good old school beat 'em ups that's like... I hope Blizzard somewhere on their servers with all this WoW has got, like, a server with all their old school, like, Blackthorn for 32X, and, you know, there's a lot of games these companies have that I I bet they don't even remember that they made, and I'm hoping somewhere there's a server backed up with them, and I'm also hoping with, like, the Wii U, because they get that virtual console, that... They're saving these games because, like you said, I think Donkey Kong Country is one of them that you can get on the virtual console and things mm-hmm. like that. At least that means that somewhere Nintendo's got it on a server, the original code, so we don't lose these games because these games are going to be lost to time, and they're classics. Yep.
2: And, that's, and that's the thing that... Uh, and this is kind of like my last point. That's think that uh, with Konami, it's just that like oh. people don't understand the history that Konami built on the Nintendo and the Sega and the Sega oh. systems. Oh, like preach, brother, you,
1: preach!
2: If you think that Konami is known for Metal Gear Solid, you have not realized Ninja Turtles in the arcade. They were big on of uh, on cartoon franchises. Yeah. They were they were the leader of. Uh, you go back and you play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RK at the at, at on NES or on at the RK. Then you play the Super Nintendo versions of Turtles in Time and yeah. then you tell me like like oh Konami made this. You know, you got Contra Sunset Riders um, Castlevania. I mean you got like Bucky uh um
0: Bucky O'Hare Bucky Rabbit. Bucky yeah. O'Hare like, Bucky
2: you are. got you got all. Uh, yeah, you got a whole bunch of stuff in this 8-bit and 16-bit area. Um, it's just not Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid, or Zone of the Enders. It's not those just three titles that Konami is known for. But because of the modern age that Konami put themselves in, that's what they're really known for. I'm like, if you go back and play Batman, uh, Batman Returns for the Super Nintendo as oh, a yeah. beat 'em up game great game, great, great graphics, great music. Like, Kanabi was known for those good things. And now like, if you see them now, it's just like, what the world happened? And But because they don't preserve them well, a lot of people don't know about them. A lot of new gamers do not know about them.
0: And it's funny, because you mentioned Turtles, because Turtles is something that's both near and dear to me and Johnny's heart, and like, I've been eyeballing this copy of uh, it's it, Ninja Turtles for Sega, and it's the uh, Hyperstone uh, some, so heist. yeah. And it's like 60 bucks and I'm like, man, I want that. And if nothing else, just so I have it in my collection and I know that I've still got it because, you know, the problem is because Konami did that one. They did, uh, the Ninja Turtles game for the, uh, rig- well, two, they did the original Ninja Turtles game and then they did, uh, Ninja Turtles, the arcade game for the original Nintendo. And yes. then they did Turtles of Time for the Super Nintendo...
1: Did they do Manhattan Project, or no? was that so Yeah, else? they did
2: Manhattan Project. Manhattan Project. Project. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there, this is where Konami yeah. was known as Ultra Games. Yeah, yeah. exactly. True, yeah. And they
0: were doing, like, tons of games, like you said, when it came to Turtles and it came to, like, properties like that. And it was like, those are great games. Like, I'm literally, like, biting my fingernails, like, should I buy this game? And it's getting harder and harder by the day to not buy it because, I a I love the Ninja Turtles, and, two... Those were really good ports, even though, as much as I hate to say it, you know, Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, Hyperstone Heist, and Turtles in Time are really damn close together. Like, they're all pretty much yeah. the same game with a little bit of level changes and a little bit of story changes and a couple different bosses. You know, they're all pretty much the same game, but it's like, you know, Turtles in Time, again, is like a 60 to $80 game, depending yeah. on where you buy it from. Same thing with a Sega one. It's like you want to preserve these games, and Konami's got such a great like with Castlevania. Well,
1: I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Gradius. I yeah, mean, th- those games yeah. were so good. I mean, they they redefined because obviously they weren't the first shmups out there, but they redefined what you could do. You know, on a space shooter. You know, look, yeah. Look at Defender and all that bef- previous. You know, and look at it now. I mean, Gradius was just insane. Yeah. Like, and I love Gradius three for Super Nintendo. Like that game is one of my favorite konami games ever castlevania 4 for super nintendo yeah. d- amazing concert 3 alien wars like yeah i mean the konami is putting out just like they're batting a thousand like especially no matter what it, the thing is konami equal greatness like no matter what system they were on they had some amazing games for it and now it's like konami might be gone forever i mean they're they, they weren't they didn't start off as a one company they were they had the pachinko machines and all that stuff so like they have a separate business but like you know what happens you know konami you know is someone else gonna buy them out one day is nintendo gonna buy it? like you mentioned right. earlier you know like Capcom same thing Capcom had this glory the glory days and now you look at all these companies uh, that are yeah that are falling to the wayside like you know you need what do you do with them they just like i i, I cried low joke i cried when t when um uh lucas arts faded away i i remember i made like a i made like a a a uh a uh, rest in peace logo with the thing on it, and I remember posting it on on
2: Facebook. I think when, you put it on the happy hour. I page did too, when yeah. Lucas Arts folded. I was like, "What? I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. I, 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 I my mouth was a gape. I was just like, wait, Lucas Arts been sold to Disney? Wait, what? Like that came out of nowhere.' Yeah.
1: So, I mean, we're we're talking folks at home, and like if you have games, you know take care of them preserve yeah. them you never know if that'll be the only time you'll ever get to play that game or bat you know like you said batman returns or whatever uh i mean you know these companies they don't stick around forever look at a claim i mean midway a lot of these yeah. companies you know had issues you know and you know, THQ is another one i mean th- these companies aren't guaranteed to stay forever but you know right k- save man collect you know tell your friends about them you know uh, that's what we always say you know and uh obviously the the Hearts are going up in value oh, every yeah, year so are going up in value i just couldn't so, believe so Mario much. brothers 3 was 25 bucks i mean it's yeah. my favorite game of all time yeah. hands down but still it's like man someone like me i have to rebuild my my collection because i my parents sold our you know sold my nes off so i don't have any of my old nes games anymore i'm having to rebuild me them. neither so but one. we're very it lucky
0: that we got retro game treasure that's helping us rebuild our collections yep. but like you said you know that's a $30 or $25, soon to probably be a $30 game. So it's like if you don't jump on them now, if you don't get the ones you want, if you don't save them or protect them, yep.
1: they're going to be gone. That's it. So,
2: wow. Game preservation is very important to all three of us, obviously. And see dudes I had Hyperstone Heist, Rocket Knight Adventures. Um, If I had a Sega CD, I would have had Snatcher for the Sega CD. Wow. Because KB Toys was selling all of those games for, for $15. Oh, wow. my God.
0: Like, see, that's the thing now. It's like I wish I had a time machine and could go back and buy them because they'd be so much cheaper than they are now. And, you know, you go back and you look <laughs> like, hey, you know, I used to go to retro game stores and they weren't as bad as they are now when it comes to prices because, like you said, I love Ninja Turtles, but Ninja Turtles is one of those things that kind of it's always kept the name brand. So it's like if you yeah. go into any place and they've got like Turtles in Time or Hyperstone Heist, it's like anywhere between fifty and eighty dollars. Like it's an expensive game and I understand because somebody's gonna pay it. One of those idiots is probably gonna be me pretty soon. So, <laughs> you know, you know, you just kinda can't you can't put the uh the value on it that you used to, but it's like, you know, if you got the carts and especially if you're in a place and you see something, you need to grab it and you need to grab it while it's hot.
1: Exactly. Awesome. Well, Edward, thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll let we'll keep you posted uh, when the episodes uh, post. And of course, I'll see you online. Not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Have a good night. All right. See night, you, brother. Guys. Later. See Bye. So, of course, I want to thank Edward uh, for joining us again on the happy hour with Johnny and Goose. Uh, you can find him on the optional opinion podcast as well uh, as the World One One podcast.